foundational tools to develop a biblical worldview. Welcome to Mentoring Matters, a listener-supported program of SharonHearts.org. With the world's culture invading the church, it is vital that we establish some deeper roots in biblical truth in order to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So join us now as we let the Word of God give us foundational tools to develop and maintain a biblical worldview. Hi, this is Sharon Hoskins. And this is Janie Ratzloff. I want to ask you a question about discernment today, Janie, because I was going through my library of books this week and came across some questionable content written by Christian authors. And I'm really kind of weak, I guess, when it comes to being able to divide the truth from what is being said in these books. Well, when a book is given to you with the emphasis that it is about the Scripture, it is about growing, then you immediately want to accept by faith that there is value in what's being written. Right. And we need to understand that sometimes, uh, whether it's uh, something that's being written, whether it's something that's being taught uh, at church, whether it's something with a ministry that may be wanting to really help build up, there can be error, and that can sometimes be in innocence. Uh It can be from lack of maturity. There can be many reasons. So God has given us a protective measure in how to be able to discern without really judging and just saying, oh, there's something wrong here. I'm throwing the book in the trash. Right. Or I'm not going back to that church and listening to the preacher. Or I'm not talking to that person anymore. We have to know how to discern right from wrong, truth from error, without condemnation, but for looking for the solution to eliminate the error. Right. That was Jesus Christ. One of his main purposes in ministry was to bring the genuine truth. So like when the, the law was written then that law was taken to an extreme or added to and taken advantage of? Yes, man put his twist on it. Okay. We had Ten Commandments of the Old Testament, but by the time you got to working with the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the New Testament, you had over 600 additional requirements that they required their followers to live, but they weren't living. So they took truth and they really turned it with heiress so that it was very hard for a person really wanting to follow the law correctly. It was impossible for them to keep 600 additional attributes. So a lot of times what we do is we see that people are Christian. So we accept what they say because of their claim of being a a Christ follower. And that's always been a problem. But, you know, in these times that we live in, that becomes critical because it tells us that in the last days, one of the biggest battles that we will fight will be false prophets. 
Well, it seems like Christianity has become a huge umbrella for many different kinds of religions to set under. Well, Sharon, in the last days, it's going to be important that we really do know how to distinguish who we choose to submit our thinking to that helps formulate our thoughts for growth. And there is a practice of really taking many different thoughts from different religions and philosophies and then adding Scripture to that. Right. And if you are not a student of the Scripture, learning how to discern, then you're going to be subject to being a victim of whatever somebody's thinking wants you to think. Right. And in the Scripture, we do have provisions for this. And one of the passages is in 1 Thessalonians 5. Okay. It tells us that we need to exhort people who are really unruly and they're very obstinate in their view of Christianity. And maybe those unruly people are just people who are searching and frustrated and just beating on their own tambourine or drum. But some will really be uh, faint-hearted. They're searching. They want the truth, but they don't know how to discern it. And those we are to comfort And then there's other people who are just weak. They're overwhelmed. They've just lost their balance. And we're told to uphold those people, but we're to be patient with all people. Then it goes down in this passage in 1 Thessalonians 5, and it gives us some edicts that we're to follow as we come down to the discernment verse, which is verse 21. And it says, Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. That's another way of saying learn to discern. Okay. Well, maybe we should talk about what discernment is because some people say, well, I'm not supposed to judge people. And when you discern, sometimes it looks like judgment, doesn't it? It sure does. And that really is one of the favorite, shall I say, cop-outs. Uh that we can use in Scripture, and that what you're referring to is really found in Matthew 7, 1. Uh All right? And so people are very leery to come in and make uh, conclusions or opinions where it looks like they are judging because Mm -hmm. in Matthew 7, 1, it says, Judge not that you be not judged. So now is the Lord telling us that we never check anything? We never bring balance to anything? Absolutely not. Because there are other places in Scripture where he tells us that he has many hard sayings. And that um, in this same chapter in Matthew 7, he speaks about before we go to judging, which really we never do in the same way that God does. He is our judge. But the way we learn to discern, one of the first things we need to do is to look at our own life. And it says here in chapter 7 that you better get the log out of your own eye before you try to get the speck out of your friend or your brother or your sister's eye. Right. So what that is saying is you don't make a determination on a person's heart. Uh, Hebrews 4.12 says that we're not able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So we can examine our own heart, but only God really knows the heart of another person. All right. 
So So first comes examining ourselves. That's right. Because when we examine ourselves first, even when we have situations of people causing us problems, sometimes we are just as guilty of adding to the situation when we're irritated or, or frustrated. And the Lord can open our eyes to see where we have added to that issue. Yes, let me give you an example. This is one of the chapters that I always go to because I believe it is the scriptural process to come to the point to where we're wanting to. I have to go back to Romans 2. Okay. And in Romans 2, verse 1, it says, You are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. Now, I'll give you a painful illustration, and that is when someone may be on your case or giving you a hard time and you want to lash out in anger, it may be that the Lord is allowing that person in your life to expose to you a hidden fault. And you can't see it, but when you see it in somebody else and you see the response that it provokes in you, it's like a red light going off. It's like a siren. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And your conscience is wanting to be your guide. And instead of listening to your conscience, which is being controlled by the Holy Spirit, You're not listening to your conscience and responding, but you are reacting in your own strength and your own thinking. So really, it's a gift that somebody is irritating you. (laughs) Now, I know that's really taking a negative and turning it into a positive, but it really does expose the hidden things that are in our heart when when we find ourselves in frustration we will if we are reacting or acting out in anger or irritation then we can see ourselves more clearly yes because sometimes now let's just stay in romans here and go over to verse 15 because the conscience has two way of helping you to discern you will either get you will either say, that person is in bondage and I need to be in prayer for them. Or my conscience says, you are of like minded. What I'm showing you in that other person is what the Lord is wanting to show you in your own life. So your conscience will amend or condemn. Okay. And nowadays, we don't like negative thinking. We don't like hard sayings. And so we will just shut that conscience down. Consequently, we're shutting down the ability of knowing how to discern also. And when we shut that conscience down and we dismiss it, then we become dull of hearing and we refuse to listen to the Lord, therefore leaving the path that the Lord has taken us on and the point of departure is the point of return and we need to come back to that place and ask God to to forgive us, agree with him that that's where we need to return to and set things right so that our conscience can hear the Holy Spirit once again. 
And that's why mentoring matters. Mentoring Matters is a listener-supported discipleship program of Sharon Hearts Ministry. Join a community seeking to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ with resource materials available for the journey at SharonHearts.org. That's S-H-A-R-I-N Hearts.org.